You are listening to a Live City Church podcast, and we hope you'll experience Jesus today. We are excited to have you join our extended online church family. If you would like further information or wish to access more content, please connect with us on our Live City Church Facebook page or visit us at livecitychurch.com. I want to get right into the word this morning because I want to uh, use the time wisely. So I'd like you to turn with me in your Bibles to the book of Luke and chapter 13. I'm continuing on with a series on the kingdom. And I was, um, it's one of those things that you can just assume that people know. And it's surprising when you find out people uh, haven't heard a lot of teaching on kingdom. I think there's seasons uh, in church life where we preach certain topics, you know, a lot. It just feels like that's the clarion moment of the Lord. And sometimes we miss things along the way. And I felt that the Lord wanted me to stay planted in this message at the moment, this idea of the kingdom. There's all kinds of messages. That's all Jesus preached. If you're wondering, I wish I was there when when Jesus was alive on the planet. I would like to know what he preached. I'll tell you. The Bible says he preached about the kingdom. He was so excited about this kingdom because it was unraveling revelation that the church at that time, it wasn't called a church, it was the Jewish people, had been missing for so long. They got so caught up in rules and legislations because they had not been hearing the clarion voice of God for a long time. And so it was waiting for this moment. In fact, from the time of Malachi, there were several years before they heard the voice of God again. There were prophets, but they were not hearing that voice of God that would change destinies. And so when you get into the Word and when you're unpacking kingdom messages, it is not meant to be one of those words that, hey, that was, you know, Pastor, that was so good. Thank, thank you for sharing that. So, no, no, you don't understand. The Word is meant to be, this kingdom Word is meant to be meditated on. It's, it's meant to change your life. So if you have not already done so, download the podcast on the kingdom messages that I've been preaching, uh, you know, because we can't repeat them. Uh, there's even a video. If you go to Facebook, the Waterbrook Church, where we were at conference, I preached a couple messages on the kingdom. And I was sharing with some guys here. Uh, we had quite a few guys from my church uh, come to the conference, and it was just so powerful. And uh, to see that these guys were catching fire. we got other guys that will be coming with me to Malaysia in September. They're getting themselves prepared now. And I'm so proud of you guys. You're doing so good. They're leading out in prayer this morning. Jade was just going on fire and like, yeah, girl, you just go, you know. Chris uh, was saying to me, she goes, I never pray out loud. I don't know what to do with this. Holy Spirit's praying through me. I feel I shouldn't do it. I said, what are you kidding? Pray it out loud. When you start getting into a habit of prayer, and a habit of reading the word, it's really hard to go back. It's going to come out of your mouth. It's going to come out of the pores of your skin. The kingdom cannot be contained. That's what Jesus was saying. Out of your bellies will flow rivers of living water. We're not just preaching some stories. We're just not telling some stories. We're talking about life-changing, life-changing principles and seeds. And this morning, if you're taking notes, I want to talk about mustard seeds and the kingdom. If you're taking notes, mustard seeds and the kingdom. What are the key things that the Lord wants to impart to you today? And I want you to lean forward. I want you to make some noise. If something is resonating in your spirit, make some noise. Let me know. Hey, you're hearing the mark, Pastor. Keep it going. Keep it going. What will happen is you'll draw out the message from me. 
It's interesting, I was saying with some of the guys, they heard the same message I preached here, but it was different, wasn't it? Every time, because the Holy Spirit will give you what you need to hear. So I don't know what that is. All I do is I prepare, and the Holy Spirit will take it. So you need to help me out as I preach this word. So Luke chapter 13, reading from verse 18 to 21. Let's follow together in the word. I'm reading from the NIV version. Then Jesus asked, what is the kingdom of God like? I want to know. What is the kingdom of God like? He says, hmm, what shall I compare it to? Verse 19, he says it. It is like a mustard seed, which a man took and planted it in his garden. It grew and became a tree. And the birds of the air perched in its branches. I want you to turn to the book of Matthew now. And we're just going to do some comparative scripture. Okay, Matthew chapter 13, same chapter, right? 13, but now the book of Matthew. It's, it's all over the Gospels. This is kingdom stuff that we're preaching. Matthew chapter 13. I want you to go with me to verse 31. Matthew chapter 13, verse 31. Jesus told him another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed which a man took and planted in his field. Notice it's exactly the same story told from different eyes. They caught something else. Though it is the smallest of all your seeds. By the way, that passage right there, some people use that to say, well, see, the scripture can't be right because the mustard seed is not the smallest of all seeds. Well, you're right. It's the rendering, the interpretation from the Greek to the English wasn't quite right. It's among the smallest of seeds is how it should be rendered. But anyway, that's what we have right now. It's like a mustard seed, though it is the smallest of all your seeds, yet when it grows, it is the largest of garden plants and becomes a tree, so that the birds of the air come and perch in its branches. So here we find a moment of time where the disciples of Jesus are gathered around him. We don't know how many. Was it the thousands that gathered around him? Was it the 12? You, we'll find a little moment later where he talks about how the kingdom is also like a mustard seed. It's going to be among his 12. But this one, I believe, was among the thousands that came to follow Jesus and hear him preach and teach. Because every time he taught, he, it was mind-bendingly different from what they expected. So what he's trying to say to you, this is the thing about the kingdom. This is the thing about the word of God. If the word of the, if this is indeed, I'm sorry, I don't have a hardcore Bible, old school. I use my iPad for, for different reasons. So I don't have to keep flipping and changing. Please forgive me. Sometimes the lights go out. I can still see it because it glows. There's a reason for this. But I do have a hard old school book. Okay, I hope you do. And the word that I can, the, the words contained in that Bible According to the Bible itself, according to the words of Jesus, it will change you. If you will allow those words to work into your heart and just, just gestate in there, it will change you as a person. It will change the way that you look at life. It will change the way that you look at people. And I understand the journey that people are on. And sometimes you're like, oh, pastor, why are you pressing that button again? I am going through hardship. You're saying, you know, smile, take it in. Don't put it on Facebook. I know you go through hardship. I know it. And we're all at different stages of our journey. It's never a word to condemn or to judge. It's a word just to point some things out to cause you to think. That's really what I'm doing. I'm provoking you into thinking. 
This is a church we teach the word. I want you to take notes. I want you to check the scripture. If you disagree, come and talk to me. And we'll talk about this and we'll begin to unpack it. This is the thing about the kingdom. There's so much to learn and it will take more than a lifetime and you still won't get it. There's so much. Let's keep going. So he says, it, was the, it is the largest of garden plants. Where did he get that from? And here's the thing. A, a mustard seed isn't uh, the tree, sorry, isn't necessarily a tree. It just happens to be the largest of shrubs. Imagine a shrub, you know, you see that grows in the, in, the, in the garden. They only grow so high, and that's about it, and they fall over. But that's the thing that's different about the mustard seed, is that it actually becomes a tree. The only shrub that becomes a tree. So we call it a mustard tree. It's actually technically not a tree, although it looks like it. In fact, it's so big, it gets to about 9 to 11 feet tall. You can ride a horse under it back in the day because it was that high. But it's a shrub. So how can that be? And that's why Jesus chose this particular illustration using a mustard seed. Jesus used natural things to explain spiritual truths. Because it's really hard to get hold of spiritual truth when you're not in that realm. When you're not thinking spiritual things, and we talk about spiritual things to you just like that, it's a mystery thinking, I just don't get this pastor. It's right over my head. I don't get it. It's so mysterious to the point of confusing, you know. So Jesus began to break it down using natural things. He preached the kingdom everywhere using stories and illustrations like this so that people would understand it. And so let's talk about this because this kingdom principle, if you understand it, has the power to transform your world. It will heal your marriage. It will bring health to your mind, health to your body. It will help you become a better husband or better wife, a better father, a better mother, a better employee. You know that kingdom employees, when you serve the Lord, you are meant to be the most valuable commodity of any company. You are the one that works the hardest, harder, and you go the extra mile. That these guys will do everything to keep you in their employ. That's what it's supposed to be like. If that is not your season, and that's not what it looks like right now, again, no condemnation, but start praying, start repenting, and say, God, I want my work platform, my job, to be a platform for ministry for you. See, most of you are thinking... My ministry platform is on a Sunday. I'm here to tell you that's not the case. The kingdom extends beyond Sunday morning service. This is just a service. Okay, we call it church, but the church is when, you know, you are the church. You walk out the door. You are the church in the marketplace. You are the church in your university, and you're bringing this kingdom with you where, to places where people otherwise would never hear the gospel. Some of you are here today because a kingdom-minded person was, is so excited about the change that Jesus has brought to his life or her life that they invited you to come along. They love you that much, are so concerned about you that, let me tell you, you are special to be here in this place today. And here's the thing that Jesus says. He says that, if you seek the kingdom first, everything else will be added to you. It's actually found in Matthew 6.33. Don't go there. Just write it. Matthew 6.33. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. But I see the church scurrying about and worrying about the little things. They're so busy. They're so consumed by it that I hear these things. I have no time for the Lord. I'm too busy. And I have to tell them, you don't, have time, you, don't, you don't not have time for the Lord. If you don't have time for the Lord, the rest of your life will go to hell. 
I mean, it'll be a hell on earth. You'll be worried, you'll be striving, and you'll never get ahead. And here's the thing about the king. If you understand him, it is to the glory of the king for his subjects to be doing well. Because if you're not doing well in life, if you are living just on the poverty line, okay, that doesn't glorify the king. So it's not, again, no condemnation on you. It's his responsibility. The king looks bad if his subjects look poor. I once mentioned to you the Queen of Sheba came and visited King Solomon. And what she took note of as a queen wasn't the big castles, because any king can do that. It's the way that he treated his subjects. She looked at the place settings and where everyone sat. She looked at what they wore, and all of them wore finer clothes than her officials back in Sheba. That's why she's blown away. How come your servants are dressed better than me? (laughs) That doesn't happen in any kingdom unless the king is really good. So it's in the king's best interest that you are clothed well. It is in the king's best interest that you are fed well. It is in the king's best interest that you are succeeding in your job, that you are succeeding in your career. I am so thrilled to know that there are people in our church now, they're listening, and they're reinventing themselves through study. They're saying, I'm fed up with this job because I know God has built me for more, so I'm not going to keep doing the same thing, expect different results. I'm going to go and reinvent myself. So I want to tell you guys who are doing that, I'm so proud of you. For the rest of you guys who are sick and fed up of your job, reinvent yourselves. Okay, God has your back. God wants you to succeed and to prosper. I'm not preaching a prosperity message. The prosperity message is like this. Give your money to Jesus and he'll bless you. If you give your first thousand to Jesus, he's going to give a hundred thousand back to you. That's the prosperity message. That's what I'm preaching. But I cannot separate the kingdom message from a message of prosperity. It's impossible. You cannot outgive God. When you put the king first, that's what it means. Seek first the king. It doesn't mean just look for it. It means you're going to find it. Put your whole heart, soul, mind, and strength into that kingdom, and he will begin to turn your world around. You are not supposed to be the same. Turn to your neighbor and say, I hope you're not the same tomorrow as you are today. Turn to the other neighbor and say, neighbor, watch this space because I'm turning around and changing. Some of you are assessing each other and looking at each other. In fact, the worst critic of, of, of you is yourself. You look in that mirror you say, you'll never amount to anything. This is as far as you get. And the Lord doesn't look at you that way. He says, please don't cheapen what I'm doing in your life. I've planted so much gifts and so much skills. I've given you a sharp and beautiful mind. I want you to use it to glorify the king. Use it to glorify the king. And he'll be behind you saying, yeah, 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 do it. I'm going to bless you. I'm going to bless you. So I cannot separate the kingdom from a prosperity message. So Jesus, here's the thing. If you're taking notes, here's the first thought. The process often starts small. When Jesus said, okay, what can I like in the kingdom too? I've got to find something like in the kingdom too. Okay, it's got to be alive. It's got to be dynamic. It's got to grow. It's got to succeed and prosper. Okay, I'm going to give them the complete opposite. Okay, it begins with the tiniest of seeds. It's like a mustard seed. Why did he say that? He was probably walking past a mustard tree when he said that. Because, oh, that's a great example. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed. How many people have seen whole grain mustards? Are they small? Okay, so you get the picture. They are tiny. Yet that tiny thing has the power, 
the DNA instructions and the potential to become a tree. But you look at yourself and you are abusing yourself and you are criticizing yourself because you're a seed. You're nothing. You do nothing. You accomplish nothing. The Lord's saying to you, cast it into the ground. Die to yourself. The seed has to die first before it grows. And you're starting to hang on to yourself. You're trying to look after the seed. You're trying to cushion yourself. Oh, I've got to make sure I've got enough moisture. I've got to keep myself safe. Oh, I don't want to burn. I don't want to dry out. So, you know, I'm just going to keep myself safe here and, and, and away from that cruel sun. The Lord says, no, you've got to cast yourself. You've got to die to yourself because I'm going to take that seed that's who you are. I'm going to transform you so completely that no one will recognize a person you are now to the person you are going to be. Come on, can I hear it up for Jesus? You may be frustrated because you aren't where you know you should be in your faith. You may be frustrated with yourself because you're still losing a temper. You may be angry with yourself and just think, oh, God, I still sin. You prayed and you asked for forgiveness before you came to church today, and you know by the end of the week you're going to sin again. You're going to sin straight after some of you. But have you taken a step forward compared to where you were a year ago? Because that's what counts. I love these couples. Uh, they come to me. I got one particular one. You know who you are. They message me every week since we finished marriage counseling. And thank you. That's what you should be doing. They're letting me know how they go. Yeah, we had fights this week, Pastor. We still do. But you know what? We had less fights than we had last week. Praise the Lord. You know what, Pastor? Our fights used to last an hour. It's about 15 minutes now. Praise the Lord. We took a step forward. And one guy, they know who they are. Again, you know, this is, I just want you to know to keep it real. He said to me, I've been struggling to do the, 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 the daily journal readings. As I said, I want you to read the Bible every day. Read through the Bible in a year. I can give you a plan. I'll print it out next week. Okay? And he says, I've only done seven days in a, in a couple months, only seven days. I said, how does it compare to where you were a year ago? Oh, I am miles ahead. I did zero reading at all. And God is giving me truths. That's what we're talking about. The kingdom is advancing. I was saying this in conference recently. The, the armor of God, you know, put on the whole armor of God. I love how Bill Johnson describes it. He says, there is no armor in the back. There's only armor in the front because the kingdom of heaven advances. It never retreats. <laughs> you never turn around and retreat because I'll shoot you. You can only advance because that's the way we were created. We take down territories. We take down captives. Every thought that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. One of them is this. You're not good enough. The kingdom is bigger. It's a seed. It always starts small. But Bible says, do not despise the day of small, of, of small beginnings. It starts as a seed. I know you're seeing other people racing on ahead, but you're on your journey. I just want to encourage you, take another step forward. Sometimes it's two steps forward, one step back. But when you look back, you've gone a mile in a year. We celebrate these things. The Lord has big things in store for you. That mustard seed is, has a potential to become something great. Some of you right now, you, you think there's a future ahead of you, but the Bible says, no eye has seen, no ear has heard the things that God has prepared for you. You can't dream the things that God has for you, but you put yourself in a box based on your disappointments. Can I ask you, don't do that. 
The king has big plans for you. You need to start dreaming outside the box. Look at yourself in the mirror and tell yourself, self, you are awesome in the sight of God. Self, because you're a kingdom citizen, you are going to succeed. You're going to prosper. Self, you're going to do good with your life. Some of you men in there, look in that mirror. Self, you're a great husband. You're a great father. You're going to love more. You're going to sacrifice more. You're going to humble yourself more. You're going to love your kids more. Speak to yourself in that mirror and speak life into you. There's Logan doing it on his phone. Well done. Thank you, brother. That's exactly what we do. God chooses the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. It says in 1 Corinthians 1, 27 to 29, small seeds, but God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. God chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong. He chose the lowly things of this world, the despised things, the things that are not to nullify the things that are so that no one may boast before him. Turn to your neighbor and tell him, neighbor, you qualify for kingdom. (laughs) If you're foolish, if you're weak, if you're lowly, you qualify for the kingdom. Praise the Lord. Amen. Moment. The Bible tells us there's only two things that we have to do. The Bible says that the man, who's the man? We're the man takes the seed, and then he plants the seed. Two things. Takes the seed, and then plants the seed. The problem with the church today is that we're not taking seeds. We come to church, and we want to be entertained. I'm going to tell you, we do things great at Live City Church, but we're not the best. You know, we don't have a 20-piece orchestra back here. I love it. It'd be great. I love an awesome building with high, you know, high ceilings and all that. I want big screens, crazy things. I want it all. It's great. It's great. But I'm going to tell you this, all right? This is just the beginning. I, but if you don't take hold of the seed, no matter how awesome the church is, you're never going to grow. You're never going to become that man of God, that woman of God that God has destined you to be. And so we sit back waiting for ourselves to be entertained, and we all of a sudden become critical of services, critical of pastors. I can hear better preaching out on podcast than Why should I come to church? Yes, yeah, that easy. But if you decide, when I come to church, I'm going to change someone's life today. You're here to change each other's lives. You're here to change the world. You get this many seeds in a room that are growing, this is potential for crazy things. Devil's terrified of you because his kingdom suffers. His kingdom is being destroyed because you're moving forward. You're attacking. You're advancing. The greatest thrill of, every, of, of the Lord is to know that you get it. You understand, oh my word, I am a threat to the devil. I'm a threat to his kingdom, and I can transform everything around me until it, becomes look, until it begins to look like heaven. Notice this, that the man did nothing to make the seed grow. But all he could do is take it first. Some of you guys are struggling with finances. You were just on the borderline of poverty. I want to tell you, the Bible says, if you look it up, this is the thing, you've got to find the seeds that are relevant to you, kingdom seeds. Look it up. It says this, Isaiah 61. And uh, it's also found in the New Testament. Jesus quotes it. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me, for he has anointed me to preach what? Good news to whom? The poor. What's good news to a poor person? Oh, brother, I know you're starving and you have no food. You know, too bad. It's just sad. But you know that if you receive Jesus, when you die, you'll go to heaven. 
How would it feel for you if you're starving and this Christian comes around with all these answers for you? It's okay. Just receive this prayer and you'll go to heaven. I think you'd slap him. I'd slap him. Because that's not good news to someone who's starving. What's good news to a person in poverty is when they hear and find out God never meant for you to be in poverty. It's not God's plan for you to be living on the, on, on the, on the poverty line. In other words, the good news to someone living in poverty is that God is saying this. This is what Jesus was actually saying. I'm making war on poverty. Poverty was never my will. The Bible says it's the devil who came to steal, to kill, and to destroy. He does not want you to get ahead. Let me tell you, last week we started something when Pastor Felix preached. It's like it came into my spirit on a Saturday night. And then Sunday morning, it's like we're not dreaming anymore. We're not dreaming big enough. I want you to dream with me. I, and forgive me, I, I thought less of the church. I'm thinking, oh, they're not ready for this. And that was to, uh, that's my bad. I'm sorry. I should have been dreaming bigger. We are believing that we can purchase land. We're believing that we're going to build a building that the community are going to come to. It's going to be a place there that people can come for safety. They can come and turn their lives around. I love for us to have a halfway house of people who are homeless. I love to have a drug rehab center, all these things. But it needs money. And here's the thing. Some of you think, oh, I'm not going to do this. That's why we're preaching these things. If you step into the kingdom and you begin stepping into the miraculous realm, no more are you looking at what you have. You start looking to heaven for the things that you don't have. Well, God, I want to give this much. You put this figure in my head. How can I finance that? Because I naturally do not have it, but I'll commit to it. I'll put the pledge. you got to take care of it. And guess what? God will. I'm praying for businessmen and business leaders because you have no ceiling. See, those of us on salary, employees, we have a ceiling on us. But even then, God can provide outside the, unexpe- outside the expected realm. But these business guys, they have no ceiling. They could have a million-dollar idea overnight, and everything changes. I digress. Forgive me. So the man, all he had to do was claim the seed. So the Bible says, I'll make war in poverty. When you understand that, it's like a seed starts to grow. Oh, God, so you don't want me to live like this. You have better dreams for me. So I'm not being uh, greedy when I start to ask, God, bless me so that I can be a blessing. No, God needs you to be standing up. God needs you to be wealthy to help people, not just the church, to help others around you. Each kingdom seed has the power and the potential to grow large. But you have to take the seed first. You have to take hold of it. It's all over the word. Oh, I've got problems with my marriage. Go look it up, and God will show you how to transform your marriage. Oh, I'm struggling with anxiety. Go look it up. Sometimes we hear better when the Holy Spirit speaks to us when when someone else tells you what to do. Ah, shut I don't want to hear you. (laughs) Go away. But we'll hear the Holy Spirit because we know it's real. You want to be a good man, a good husband, a good father or leader? Find out what a man in the kingdom looks like through his word. You want to live in peace? Forgive others as the word says. Let it go and become a peacemaker yourself and your life will transform. Blessed are the peacemakers for theirs is a kingdom, the Bible says. You want to live a life full of purpose? Find out what the king wants and do it. And your life will never be the same again. You want your life to change? Look for the kingdom promises and apply it to your life. Bible is full of seeds that will transform you. The words, they're seeds. Recently in uh, Facebook land, 
We found out that Marty Sampson, nothing against Marty, a songwriter for Hillsong for many years, denounced his very faith. He's not a Christian anymore. This guy's written these beautiful songs, doesn't follow the Lord. And he made it very publicly, you know, sort of like, hey, just do it quietly. If that's you, that's fine. No, no. He's going to influence all these people who love the Lord and going to tear them down to follow him, follow his idiocy. It's, it's the most ridiculous thing. But he does that, and he says these things. And look, again, it's not against him. It's like, I just wish you chose a different vehicle. For example, he says, I find it hard to believe in a good God who allows bad things to happen to people. No one is talking about it. The church has been talking about this for hundreds of years. Have a look on YouTube. There's plenty of, of live videos that will preach on the subject all over the world. But he never sought help. He says, oh, you know, the Bible talks about miracles and healings, but I've never seen them. Hey, Marty, our church sees miracles and healings. Our church sees it. In fact, go online, Open Heavens Conference. I think it was the second session that I did. Right after that, I'm ministering to people. We minister to people. Miracles. And you hear these guys that are telling the testimonies. What God does. Nerves have been bothering them for months. They've been in pain and agony. Gone instantly in the presence of God because the kingdom came. Marty, you just got to look around. I'm taking people with me to Malaysia in September because I'm showing them how they can do it. Because it's not just for me. Not just for Jesus. It's for you to change your world. Here's the second thing the man did. He planted the seed. Do you understand that when it says to plant the seed, there's a lot of work involved in that? You have to first dig up the ground. Okay? You're removing the weeds and chucking them out. You're getting that fork and you are shoving it in the ground to lift up the soil and aerate it. And you're going to find rocks. You're throwing those rocks. You're getting fertilizer. You're preparing that soil even before you planted the seed. So there's a few steps involved. And here's the thing. In our microwave world, it's so difficult to conceive of something that takes so long. We put a microwave meal in there and two minutes later it's done. And in fact, we can't even wait two minutes. You know, the best thing I do is I try to walk away because if you watch it, it doesn't go any faster. But yeah, come on, come on, come on. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. You know, we got like, I don't know if you've, have you ever had like the, the powdered mashed potatoes? Yeah. You put it in there, you smash. You just uh, pour some water and put it in there. The gravy, you know, we just add some water and put it in there. You don't have to take your time. But it doesn't compare to the real stuff that takes the effort, that process that goes into that meal. Let me tell you right now, I've had some really good meals. And smash, that mashed potato, you add water, just doesn't cut it. But we accept these things and we've come to expect it. And we try and bring that across to a Christian walk. Oh, God, you didn't answer my prayer. I said, God, give me patience. Where's the patience? <laughs> that was a joke. You're all looking at me so seriously. But I actually have said that prayer. <laughs> I'm wondering why I'm getting so upset. I'm getting red in the face. You want patience? I'm giving you patience. Yeah, I'll flatten the wheel on your tire, on your car. And you got to sit there for hours waiting for the RACQ to come around. Praise God I gave you RACQ. Praise God I led you to put your thing in there. Praise God for the mobile phone. You can call him. Now wait and learn your patience. It takes a while to prepare the soil. And it takes a while because it's a process that we go through, but we're not willing to go through that process. The process is hard work, but the seed will not grow if you don't go through the process. You take the word, you take the seed, and you begin to claim it. 
But you can't just do it once. You've got to prepare the soil of your heart. You say, God, I claim this word. It's mine. Some of you have heard the most dramatic prophetic words over your life, and you've never seen it come to pass. And you've actually criticized the Lord for that, or you criticize the person who gave you the word. Well, clearly, they're not a prophet of God. Clearly, no one in church could possibly hear God but me. No, anyone can hear from the Lord, but did you pray over it? Did you ruminate over that word? Say, God, make this word come to pass. God, it's got to come to pass because you're telling me your dreams. That's what the prophecies are. The dreams that God has, he's calling the things that are not as though they were. In, like he sees the future, he has to go back to the past and say, no, no, I've seen the future and it's great for you. And I want you to understand it. I want you to receive it. So I'm releasing this word now. Can I get the team to come up? I've got more, but man, man, I've given you a lot today. Process is often sacrificed for convenience. You want it now. And so you try and find shortcuts. You want it now. And so you'll argue and you'll complain. You'll be red in the face with the Lord. God, I want it now. But the best things often take time to make. That's what makes them so expensive. That's what makes them so precious because it's a process. You cannot speed up the process. You cannot shortcut the progress. You have to work through that process. It's in the process that we changed. Why don't we stand to our feet as I begin to bring this to a close. How many of you watched the original Karate Kid? Praise the Lord, some of us oldies. Some of you youngies, go look it up. It's still a good movie, I'll tell you right now. In the story, Daniel's son, Daniel, he wants to learn karate. And so Mr. Miyagi, who is this expert in it from Japan, says, I'll teach you, I'll teach you karate. And so he says, okay, we're going to teach you karate. I want you to paint my fence. What? No, no, no. Paint the fence and I'll teach you karate. Okay, paint the fence. I'm done, Mr. Miyagi. Can you teach me karate now? Now I want you to wax my car. What do you mean? I want you to teach me karate. No, no, no. I just do what I ask you to do. Wax on, wax off. <laughs> Some of you know what I'm talking about. Wax on, wax off. And he's getting angry. And he's getting frustrated. He does it. He does it. By the end of the day, though, he's been fussing and he's been fuming over these things. When he finally sees Mr. Miyagi, who just seems to do nothing all day, and just sort of rocks up, good Daniel-san, very good Daniel-san. Daniel's angry. You told me that you teach me karate. You haven't taught me any karate at all. Haven't I? He says, do wax on. And he punches and he blocks it. That's a wax on. Wax off. This process that you've been going through has not only taught you the moves until it's muscle memory, but it's built up your strength and your ability to be able to do the things that you need for life. This process. You wanted to learn something, you have to go through the process. You cannot short circuit. You cannot shortcut that process. But you're looking to go from here to there now, and it doesn't happen that way. That's why it's so expensive. That's why it's so valuable. It's worth it to go through the process. Why don't we bow our heads and close our eyes as I close this morning. Father, forgive us. We want things now. And sometimes you work in the now because of your great grace. But other times, for our sake, you will allow us to go through process because you're testing our heart. And you're testing our obedience.
And you want to see that we believe you for your word. You want to see that we trust you with your word so that that seed word can become a tree in our lives and transform us until we are hardly recognizable. Father, this morning, we commit ourselves to the process. We take hold of those seeds that you've given us and we say, Lord, bless it, Lord. Bless it, bless it, bless it. Plant that seed, church, deep in your heart. And begin to fuss over it. Begin to pray over it. For some of you, it's on finances. You begin to pray over it. God, show me the strategies. What do I need to do to turn this around? For others, it's your marriage. It's your relationship. It's your relationship with your children. Plant the seed in the ground. Claim the word of God. The Lord says, it's not just you that will get saved, but you and your entire household will be saved. Plant the seed deep. Begin to pray over it. Nurture it. And you notice this. It's not you who does the growing. It's God that commands the growth. Father, this morning, do not let the seed die with no purpose accomplished, but let the seed die so that it can become a tree. I pray, Lord God, for those who have felt they have lost their way, they have lost their purpose, who have felt hopeless, that, Lord, you have never given up on them, that they are simply in process. I pray, Father God, right now you would minister to them. You would fill their hearts with hope, Lord. Even as they heard this message, they know God is speaking. It's not over yet. It's not over yet. It's not over yet. You're in process. Come on, let's give a hand to the Lord this morning, church. God bless you. Thank you for joining Life City Church. And we hope that you were blessed and inspired by today's message. If this ministry has made an impact on your life, we'd love to hear from you. Please drop us a line and share your story at thanks at livecitychurch.com or email us your prayer needs at prayer at livecitychurch.com. We'd love to connect with you and hear more about your story. If you love the ministry of Live City Church, you can make a financial gift to help us spread the good news of Jesus by going to livecitychurch.com and clicking the giving tab. We hope today's message has spoken into your life and look forward to your next visit.